0: What's up, Mom and Dad? Welcome back to the Raising Competitors Podcast, the show where we help parents just like yourself learn ways that they can instill leadership traits, grit, and mental resilience in their young athletes so that they're set up to succeed in school and sports and in life. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm the founder at Compete Every Day and your host here on the Raising Competitors Podcast. Today is a fun one as we welcome to this show Erica Suter. Erica Suter. Erica is a soccer skills and strength and conditioning coach out of the Baltimore, Maryland area, and also the founder for Total Youth Soccer Fitness Program, an online course that you can purchase for under 40 bucks with drills, mental resilience skills, and more to help youth athletes not only in soccer, but in all sports be set up for success. Today's conversation gets into Erica's journey, the importance of having a strength and conditioning coach that's working with the parents so that it's a well-rounded success plan for the youth athlete, and also the importance of getting outside of just your one sport, the importance of having an off-season or playing other sports, and what that does from not only a physical recovery sense, but a mental one. I think you're going to enjoy my conversation with Erica, but before I bring her on, I just want to remind you, uh, one, we always appreciate your support, so anything you can do to support us, the best two ways are always sharing this episode, sharing this show with other parents, other parents of athletes on your team, other parents in your neighborhood or community who have youth athletes, helping us get the word out about the Raising competitor show, And then, as always, supporting the show by supporting Compete Every Day. You can use the code PODCAST to get 15% off any order at CompeteEveryDay.com. That's code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for 15% off any order at CompeteEveryDay.com. Now, I'm excited to welcome to the show Erica Suter. Erica, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: I am doing awesome, Jake. How are you?
0: Good. We are both under quarantine as we're recording this Uh, at the end of March. You up in the Baltimore area, me here in Dallas. But uh, the beauty of technology is we get to have a face-to-face conversation and all of our listeners get the joy of hearing just not only about your story, but a lot of the wisdom that you drop online. We'll be able to pack into some of today's episode Before we dive into more of your work, give everyone just kind of a thousand foot view of who you are, Erica.
1: Yeah, sure. So I am a strength and conditioning coach for young athletes in Baltimore, Maryland, and I've been doing it for eight and a half years now. I work with kids as young as age seven and go all the way up until college kids And I work out of a performance facility where we work on long-term athletic physical development. So coordination, strength, speed, conditioning, and just ensuring kids are healthy to play. They're performing at a high level, but they also find enjoyment in fitness and and movement.
0: Awesome. And what, okay, so let's, let's flash back. What was the first sport you remember playing? Like what's your first sports memory?
1: Oh, geez. Um, well, I think the first sport is ballet. Okay. I feel like everyone started there. Um, ballet, I just did not like dressing up and wearing makeup. So I quit <laughs> that pretty quickly. Um, and gymnastics, I just really enjoyed jumping in the foam pit <laughs> and jumping <laughs> on the trampoline. But those, yeah, those were the first two. And then soccer started at age six.
0: And then soccer. So what, let's kind of go through your playing days and really, I'm curious your shift from wanting and just enjoying it as an athlete, playing it to now being on the side of coaching and working with athletes. What, what inspired that transition? Was it something maybe you missed or lacked playing sports that so you're like, man, I really want to be able to help athletes with this? Or was it just a love to continue being around athletics?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it all started with, playing soccer at a young age out of pure enjoyment so um my mom actually kind of had to force me to my first practice i I was so young i didn't know what was going on and she just put me in the car and was like you're going to soccer and i was like crying like i don't want to do this soccer thing so um after that first practice i was like this is so awesome like when do i get to do that again so uh shout out mom you're always right (laughs) um but it it really just started with um just a a passion right off the bat. I just felt so in the moment when I was playing. I felt like I could be creative. And um, yeah, it was just incredible. And from age six until 12, I was playing recreationally. So my parents weren't pushing me to do like travel or take it seriously. I just Um, was given autonomy to find that passion for myself so after my mom took me to that first practice she kind of just let it let it roll and I really enjoyed it and um, was able to stick with it all through high school and college and eventually play at a high level and now looking back I realize I stuck with it and was so serious about every aspect of my training because I enjoyed it I enjoyed working hard, I enjoyed the game, I enjoyed learning and taking feedback from my coaches, and that's what I want to permeate onto the athletes I coach now. You have to enjoy it, otherwise you're not, you're not going to stick with it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's something we've talked about uh, numerous times here on the show, is, is just this concern, especially these days, and probably with athletes you work with, of a love for the applause and the attention you get, but not necessarily a love for the process and enjoying the game. And there's a there's a strong difference because eventually the fans will turn, the, the crowds will fade, the things die out, but the love of the game can continue. What are some ways you're doing and then as well as encouraging the parents of athletes you work with just to help reiterate the importance of the process, loving the process?
1: Mm-hmm. I I try to give them as many analogies as I can and that um, I think a lot of parents now think that there's some magical fix and their kid's going to be better overnight or they're going to get that scholarship without any real work, but it really is a process like anything, like um, a butterfly starting to fly or um, learning math so you don't go from like basic math you go from basic math and then you go to the next level and then you go to calculus. So it's not like you can just jump straight to calculus. So there's just so many analogies in life. Like it, it is a process and it takes time and it takes sticking to it, Um, which is why I keep reminding parents like as hard as this is to do, like don't put so much pressure on your kid. At the end of the day it's it's just a sport it's it's a game and it, it should be fun like yes we're all competitive we have a lot of fire but we need to have fun while we're doing it too
0: without a doubt without a doubt and part of that process and, and piece and, and one you've shared that it's very visible you have not only with your work but in how you explain just the love and development you had with the sport is a growth mindset And for myself, talking kind of about my journey I've shared is I very much had a growth mindset in sports and struggled with it in other areas of my life. Um, I would avoid certain challenges, certain situations for, quote, an attack on identity. Like I was worried what failure would look like. Have you had a growth mindset just kind of your entire life? and, And have you found that other areas it was missing, maybe it was more of a fixed mindset, but through sports and the development of sports, it changed where you were more growth-minded throughout all of your life?
1: hmm I would say for the most part in everything I've done, I've had a growth mindset and I've just leaned into adversity a lot. And in fact, it actually really fires me up. (laughs) If something, if something goes wrong, I'm like, okay, like, how are we going to figure this out? Like, (laughs) um, so I've, I've worked as hard as I can with, with anything I've done, whether it's sports or academics or career or creative pursuits, I've always given them my all. And I almost expect failure. Like because then it's not as much of a shock. And then it's like, okay, well, like failure is inevitable. So as long as I like expect that's part of the process, like I'm going to be fine. And like the worst thing that happens is I fail and I just pivot and go in a new direction and, and do something else or tweak whatever I'm doing. So I think having that growth mindset has just always been ingrained in me. Um, and it's really allowed me to to do what I do now, whether that's through coaching or creating content and, and helping athletes.
0: And, and I love that piece because of failure, the more we can look at failure as as part of the process, and it's just in that experience, we learn maybe the gap between where we are and what we need to do to succeed. It provides that motivation. right? Right now, more than anything, I think the idea of of having and embracing the mindset you shared of taking on challenges, taking on adversity, taking on failures, because a lot of athletes are kind of thrown in a loop, you know, team sport athletes, especially they don't, they can't go train with their teammates right now, kind of during the social isolation and and quarantine. Um, They can't maybe go to the gym. However, if, if anyone's been following you and familiar with you, just because you can't do that normal routine, go to that same place doesn't mean you can't use this time to get, better and you've started and and had created a ton of of different resources not only from your blog but sharing videos doing coaching things like that to where sports specific you you normally see a lot of in-person focus you want to you want to be able to watch the athlete perform in person tweak things hands-on but you've taken advantage of some online components um, that I think have been very beneficial for not only expanding your influence and reach, but helping more athletes than just those in that Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. Tell me about kind of that passion or what started you doing more in the online space. And, and especially now kind of in the midst of this, when parents are scrambling on homeschooling and working with their kids while still keeping that young athlete engaged and in developing, Uh, instead of just on the couch binging Netflix series right now on home quarantine what are some things that that you're doing and how how are you working with those athletes and parents now with some of those online programs Mm
1: -hmm. well it's um it couldn't be a better time Jake as you know to be in the online space um and and as far as impacting and helping a lot of people. So I started doing online training and coaching only just a year ago. So like eight years into my in-person career, I'm like, all right, let's go online now. Um, And that started because I was working with so many athletes here in Baltimore, and I was finding that they were getting results and they were loving the training and enjoying fitness. And I was like, well, if they're getting results. Like, why can't I like help people like in another state or even like across the pond get results. So um, I had been blogging for a while, but I never thought to like become an online coach. But Um, yeah I just started that in the past year because I felt like I could be of service to other people whether that's helping them with strength and conditioning or long-term athletic development or ensuring that they instill these healthy habits of fitness for a lifetime Um, especially because of the the pressure with youth sports now I I really want to help other kids who aren't here in Baltimore to really love their sport Um, so that's really why I, I went online and right now it's been and it's been a party um but it's it's nice to be able to help people during this time
0: well and and you just hit one of the nails on the head of helping the athletes with the pressures of youth sports today and a lot of those pressures come from us as the parents and the adults in the situation which unfortunately <laughs> sinks down and and we've had so many different conversations on that but one of the things that really stuck out is something i saw you had posted on twitter Um, or reposted, yeah, earlier today, and it was an article calling for the return to play and and letting kids play about how the generation of specialized practice in one sport should have led to all of these superstars in sports, but in reality, it hasn't, and and we continue to see it in in soccer and in the NFL draft, and guys and, and girls and athletes that play multiple sports tend to have advantages going into college, or even at the highest level from those that are so specialized. I know you have a passion for multiple sports, of being involved in multiple areas. Let's talk a little bit about that from a coaching perspective. What do you see in, in terms of the kids who solely specialize, and then the kids you work with that have their hands and are playing in multiple, multiple sports and arenas? hmm
1: yeah, that's a that's a layered question, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to give a layered answer. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready. So it, it's it's one of those things that's going to be a case-by-case basis. Yep. So I've seen athletes come to me who are early specializers, but they do strength and conditioning. So, like, strength and conditioning can count as that other sport because they're getting exposed to other movement patterns, whether that's, that's crawling, climbing, skipping, uh, falling, balancing – um, and I've also seen early specializers who don't have that strength and conditioning background. And they're the kids who are coming to me who are the slowest, um, the most uncoordinated, the, the most awkward when the, when they're moving, the most unsure of themselves, and maybe not confident because they don't have the, the body strength. Um, and then I've also seen early samplers, so kids who play multiple sports, with a lot of confidence they're coordinated they're the fastest they're they're the most conditioned they're the strongest um their ability to react to different situations in the game and their primary sport is really good so it just it really depends on the kid but if if kids are going to early specialize that's fine but they need to be doing some sort of other movement outside of that to build themselves up as, as an athlete, like really in this situation that build the human first, make sure the human's strong and can move and then work on the player.
0: Build the human first and then the player. I love that. And I think you would agree in, in terms of compensating and creating some of those other skills, the fact of switching sports when one is in an on off season helps maintain that love of the game and the idea of of not only the love of I can get better in this area with this sport and do it over here, but when you don't play soccer for two or three months because you're over here doing this and then you get back into it, you might be a little rusty at first, but you love it. You're like, I'm so happy to be back. I love being back in the sports, which helps continue that process of getting the kid to go to practice, of getting that athlete to show up and play hard because they've missed that sport. Would you say that's pretty accurate as well?
1: i'm I'm so glad you brought that up, Jake, just because i I see kids just getting so demotivated by the end of each soccer season. Um, I mean this winter, especially, like kids were having like three indoor games a weekend and just it's it's been nonstop from December until end of February. And then they were supposed to now transition into spring season, which is even crazier. Um, So like at the end of winter, they were like, man, like we really need a break. So now here we are, they got their like three week break. And now that they've had some time to just kind of like take a step back, they're like ready to go back to practice now. They're like, okay, we had our three weeks off. Like we're ready to go. And that, that really says a lot. And, I mean, looking at the stats, the, the burnout and um, kids quitting, it's just going up even more. So having that break is just so refreshing physically, but, but also emotionally.
0: Well, and, and the emotional and, and mental side of the game is a lot more open dialogue these days than I think it ever was before. I, I mean, I know growing up as a kid, like, that was never – anything that was discussed um, in terms of the mindset piece, the visualization piece, working through these challenges. They would put you, coaches would put you in physical uh, challenges and things to kind of build some of that grip, but you never talked about the mental piece. Whereas now I think it's it's less taboo and more open discussion because it's a huge deal and, and especially more and more I would say connected we are with social media and things like that, that impact mental health. It it's paramount that we talk about it with youth athletes and, and all of this to say, I find your blog on your website that we'll absolutely link to in the show notes, full of incredible content for parents and youth athletes around the mental side of games, the mental performance, even dealing with this COVID-19 and, and quarantine, but the importance of the mental side uh, is as prevalent on your website as the physical. Um, and so one, I want to commend you on that. And, and two, I'm curious if your blog is the one resource you do from your coaching programs, where else are you kind of mentoring and talking about the mental performance side of sports and really helping our youth athletes develop a healthy mindset and honestly relationship with sports and their worth and how they perform.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my blog is probably the number one place to go right now. I've, I've been trying to put out more content on the mental side, um, just because what, whatever is going on in the mind is going to directly affect what you do with your body on the field. Um, so if you can't handle the stress of seeing something on social media, then you have a game that day, performance is going to wane. So it's it's so important. Um, to be able to train your mind. Um, Another thing I'd say is, like, I've been doing a lot of mental training with my athletes in Baltimore, Maryland, as well as online. Um, We'll do reflection journals where we write down our accomplishments and list things that we've crushed in the past year and, like, really, like, reflect on those and, like, pat ourselves on the back because a lot of kids don't have time to, like, stop and, like, commend themselves for doing things. So we'll do – reflection journals we'll do uh, short-term goal setting and just checking in on our daily habits on how to reach those goals so really like helping them to start small instead of having this like crazy like goal like oh I want to do division one well it's like okay well what are we going to do in the next week are we going to uh, train an extra 10 minutes a day outside on our skills are we going to eat a bowl of vegetables every day. So just like small habits that eventually compound over time. Um, So I've just been doing a lot with that. And if the cases are serious, I send them to obviously medical professionals and people who have other resources um, just because the severity can differ uh, based on the athlete. So I try to stay in my scope with goal and habit setting. And then I refer out as much as I can too.
0: I love that. I love that. And so for anyone that's wanting to find out more, get connected. I want you first to tell us where we can go find out about your blog. And then I want to talk briefly about your total youth soccer fitness program.
1: Sure. My blog is www.erikastuder.com slash blog. um, But you can also find me on Twitter at Fit Soccer Queen. Any new article I put up, I, I post to my social
0: media channels. Love it. Yeah. And, and your feeds laid out wonderfully and clean so people can quickly find those articles um, and search through them. And, and obviously doing the research for the show, I'm going to encourage the parents that it's not just for the athletes, that a lot of this information application is, is very much applicable and aligned for us as well as adults, just balancing parenting, balancing getting through life. Switching back to what I teased everyone about earlier is you created this Total Youth Soccer Fitness program for the youth athletes uh, with videos of drills and tutorials and workouts and outlines and all this type of content. What inspired you to create this and give us just, I'm going to let you give us the sales pitch for parents listening of youth soccer athletes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what inspired me was just being able to share my work on a broader scale. So it's basically what I do with my athletes in person here in an electronic book. So just sharing my programs with people, being very open about them and what's gotten these kids here results and what's given them enjoyment in fitness. Um, But also I've just gotten a lot of questions from coaches and parents on what are some safe strength drills? How, what are some fun speed and agility drills? How do kids recover? How do we incorporate this into a crazy soccer schedule and all these games? And I just wanted to answer all those questions in one place for like thousands of people. So that's, that's why I created it. It's about a hundred plus pages of text and video content, um, private library of videos that's not listed on my YouTube channel. Um, So I'm just, I'm happy to help um, in all parts of youth soccer strength and conditioning in this work.
0: And and I'm going to go out there and tell everyone all of those resources, pages, videos, everything uh, is 37 bucks. And so that is not a big investment at all. Uh, And think of the value your youth athlete can get out of that. Just especially at this time, you've got more time at home. Maybe they're having to train by themselves more in the backyard. Maybe you're trying to help and have no idea how to help them uh, during this time with certain drills. This is a great resource for you. Uh, Erica, this has been fantastic. Thank you so incredibly much for coming on the show this week. We've got links to your website, uh, your social media page. I want to encourage everyone to follow you, say hi uh, and get connected because you're doing some incredible work in the youth athlete space. and, And we appreciate that because, Uh, There needs to be more of it out there.
1: Thank you, Jake. This was really fun. And yeah, I appreciate everything you're doing. So keep it up.
0: Thanks, mom and dad, for tuning in to another episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. As always, to get connected and learn more, check out RaisingCompetitors.com. And be sure to support the show by checking out CompeteEveryday.com. Can find some motivational apparel for yourself for your kids great podcasts and other programs that we offer at compete every day until then keep instilling in your kids the importance of competing every day and setting them up for success in school in sports and in life this is the raising competitors podcast